Welcome to Everything is Annoying. I'm your host, Aviva Yael. We are going to be kvetching with Carla Music, who is the food director at Bon Appetit. Basically, one of the most important but also coolest jobs in the food world. She works in their famous test kitchen and posts incredible recipes as well as hilarious snippets of the daily drama of the kitchen and behind the scenes at the magazine. She also meets lots of celebrities because she has such a cool job and she has a cookbook called Where Cooking Begins. All right, so in this episode, we're talking food. So my gripes this week are food, all food-related. The first one is, you know, this is kind of a low-hanging fruit, but we're, we're on to our second Bagelgate scandal in under a year. You know, this happened maybe, I think it's been two weeks now, so this is a little bit dated. You guys are probably already over this for me to bring it up. But the first Bagelgate scandal was obviously Cynthia Nixon putting fish on a cinnamon raisin bagel, which was pretty much why she lost her election in New York. But the second one is just, you know, it's just egregious. It's basically this perfectly nice guy in Missouri brought a box of sliced bagels into his office and, you know, claimed that everyone loved it, tweeted it. Anyways, it went all over the internet. Here's the problem. You guys have probably all seen this, but for those of you who don't live on the internet, like the rest of us, this motherfucker brought in bagels that were sliced like Wonder Bread, not long and flat ways, but just up and down some American psycho shit. This wasping of Jewish food has gots to stop. We don't want your deconstructed, reinterpreted bagels. Just give us a bagel. It's already hard enough to find a good bagel outside of New York. I live in L.A. Anyways, this comes up later. But we have a limited contribution to American cuisine, and I need you fucking goys to stop putting our food through a goop filter. My second gripe is it's less about food and more about groupthink, which I know is real. But why is everybody drinking celery juice at the same time? Like we're all just one interchangeable green blob. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a nutritionist. But I do like to exercise my critical thinking skills. And what I can tell you about celery juice is that, sure, it is not bad for you. It will always be good for you. But it is like drinking a glass of dirty dishwater. And I have to wake up every single morning and see 85% of my friends drinking it and posting about it. It's like, all right, we get it. And, you know, my brother is much smarter than me. He's a neurogeneticist. I don't even know what that is, but he makes more money than I do and knows more things than I do. You should really join our family for dinner chat one night. It's fucking intense. But, you know, I asked him about this and he was like, yeah, some dude, uh, Rebranded celery, and that's the end of the story. Basically, I understand celery has enzymes in it. People are swearing by it. I've had friends tell me that they cured their hyper and or hypothyroidism or whatever it's supposed to do. I don't believe it. I think it's a placebo, which I, which is good. It's not a negative thing. And also, drink what you want, eat what you want. If it makes you feel good, I'm not trying to shit on people for drinking celery juice. But there are other green vegetables that provide just as many, if not way more, nutrients and, and enzymes that you need. Anyhow, I guess that's not so much of a food gripe, but a food-adjacent gripe about your fucking Instagram behavior. Okay, this, the, third, the third thing is about another podcast that I love. My favorite podcast's Left Wing Pod. It's um, called Love It or Leave It. It's on Crooked Media. Happy to join your network, guys, if you're out there poaching talent. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, it's my this podcast is definitely not political. But John Lovett is the host, and he's a Jareem. He's a gay Jewish politico who used to work for Obama. He's dating Ronan Farrow, the world's leading male feminist, who is central to reinvigorating Tarana Burke's Me Too movement through his reporting about Harvey Weinstein alongside Megan Tuhi. Tui, Toei, and Jody Cantor at the New York Times. Love John Lovett. He is so funny. If I could be another person, I would be him. And on every episode he has, at some point he has audience members stand up and play a game where they have to answer questions correctly in order to win a gift card. And I go to see this podcast live because it's down the street from my house. I live in LA. It's a treat. I'm obsessed with him. I love you, John Lovett. And he questions food formats. So he asks the following questions, which... I'm just going to say right now, kind of broke my trust in him. First question, is coleslaw a salad? Okay. The answer is no. It's a condiment. It's a condiment that you have to make fresh, but it's an accent piece. It is not a salad. If you go to, to dinner at a restaurant and you're like, I want some salad, and they put a giant bowl of coleslaw on your face, you'd upend the table. You'd flip the table. Another question, are hot dogs sandwiches? Are hamburgers sandwiches? Double answer, no, no. If they were sandwiches, why do they have their own buns that are named after them? Thank you, imaginary clapping audience. There was, you know, there was some logistics. It was actually an interesting conversation. But, you know, a roast beef sandwich doesn't have a roast beef bun. It's a sandwich. So, you know, I understand they're all in the hot meat family. But I'm going to go ahead and say hot dogs and hamburgers are not sandwiches. And you need to stop defiling them by trying to shove them into that category. And now for the most egregious question that he asked is chili soup. First of all, fuck no. Obviously not. I'm wounded by this question. Thankfully, Emily Heller was there as a guest to point out that soups need to hold a liquid dominant ratio, which was basically my favorite defensive soup ever. So thank you, Emily Heller, for defending soup against chili. Hi, Carla. Hi. Carla Music, food director of Bon Appetit. We. Oui. Not just one of the coolest jobs ever, but one of the most important. It is. It really is. Um, and she has kids and she cooks for them, which Her. I don't understand how people with even a part-time job and a kid live their lives. Like, how do you? I can't say that they have home-cooked meals by me on a weeknight. Oh, okay. Because they eat pretty early, like they have to eat pretty early. But there was a time this fall, my older son was doing soccer. And it, and we were living that life of like the, the two dinners because he got home so much later. So then he was eating dinner with me and my husband. And I was like, oh, this is like that thing that people talk about where you need to have a second you have, need to have food that can hold for two extra hours because other people are at different practices. But then the season was over and we went back to our other routine. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand how you have time. You're responsible for so much. Like, everybody in America reads Bon Appetit. Everybody steals your free <laughs> recipes. Like, it's one of the most popular magazines. It's one of the most beautiful magazines. Thank you. The Test Kitchen is like the Bible. Test like, Kitchen is ground central, right? Ground central? Central, ground, ground zero. Ground zero, grand central. <laughs> Both. It's it does feel like grand central sometimes. <laughs> so this morning we count, we were counting people. We were shooting in there for a new series. And there were 18 people in the kitchen at, you know, 10.02 a.m. <laughs> um, and so sometimes it does feel like grand central. Um, I 
where did I catch it? You were saying something about how like a huge portion of your job is just like fighting with your coworkers about what foods are good or not. That's sort of what we do every time we talk about a recipe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even recipes that aren't ours. Like this morning, my colleague, Chris Morocco is working on sort of mastering um, Queen Amon, which is, yeah. you know, those pastries. So I learned about him on the Br- Great British Bake Off, which we will be discussing shortly. Excellent context, getting foreshadowing. We'll get it's, back to that. Tell, tell the people what they are. Um, so it's a laminated dough, which basically means it's flour and butter that are sheeted out in layers and layers and layers. But in Queen Amon, also there's sugar in between all the layers. So then when you bake it into this kind of muffin thing, it's got all of those layers like in a croissant but there's also sugar in all the layers and the sugar caramelizes while it's baking and it's like gooey and really buttery but then if you get the ratio right it's really crispy so he's been working on this but you could spend your life working on it it's and so delicious but does seem very difficult it's labor intense it could take like three days um <laughs> and then for one tray and but this morning he had bought one from dominique ansel who like invented the cronut that place and he brought it in and then we like fought about that guy's recipe it wasn't even our recipe then we like (laughs) cut it into tiny pieces and like talked about what the consistency is and what it reminded us of and why it was good or bad or what it should be and shouldn't be so yeah it's really nothing is ever things do get good enough but we go through a pretty hypercritical I always compare it to kind of if you were an art student, you would get really used to doing a crit Mm -hmm. and having your paintings like ripped into tiny pieces verbally by a group of people who gets to judge them. But we do that for each other, but over food. I I used to have an art class where the teacher made us do that. And it was I was a senior in high school and it was absolutely soul crushing. Yeah. And it destroyed any of the very small amount of self-esteem that I had. But you guys are tough. I mean, you can't even have a job. You can't even work at Bon Appetit or any magazine in New York. I I come from a media background. If you don't have confidence, like you are, even if you are doubting yourself, you got to go in and be like, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. My job is to convince all of you. Yeah, you definitely. And that's something that's been instilled. I've been at Bon Appetit for seven years. And that's Mm -hmm. something that's definitely been instilled in me in that time is like, if it's worth anything, like it's worth fighting for. Mm. Um, And I'm kind of a fighty person. So (laughs) I was like, I can do that. But for other people who are like, well, I don't want to have to like shout louder than everybody else in this meeting, it can feel really tough like you need to have place for ideas to percolate even if you're not gonna like bang on the table um and you're like this is not a democracy that's right <laughs> um and i think art and like food they're similar in that way of like and you do and- you Sorry. put your you do you like pour yourself into especially when someone cooks for you it's like such a expression of like generosity and hospitality and like feeding other people and then we'll get served food sometimes at at tasting it's like it's really not good enough and it's just like it's hard I would rather die than have to cook for somebody <laughs> that works at Bon Appetit you just like flip the table you're like get it out of my face I work at Bon Appetit um so no but it's exciting all the drama it's fun it's so fun it's not boring i'll tell you that carla closely monitors um like 
random objects that end up in the stairwell at work. <laughs> and she's like, she's always like, how did this get here? And what is it? And well, people are just animals. I know how it got there. Someone was like eating a hard candy and just decided, I'm just going to drop this because the world is my garbage can. <laughs> and I'm just going to end up. But somehow the stairwell, it's like, as if no one else goes in there ever. So the they task, think it's theirs. It's like you're in this private space. It's like when people pick their noses in cars. It's like you're actually not <laughs> like I can see you, even though I'm Wait, not. It's, it's like it's like putting your feet on the furniture at an airport. Right. It's like get your personal feet off of this place where I have to sit. Right. Other Disgusting. people are sitting here. So but the test kitchen is on 35 and the office where my desk actual desk is is 36. So I'm up and that's why I like. So these are actually your stairs. They're my stairs. And I'm in them like 15 times a day. So it just affords a lot of opportunity for um, observation, you know? I think that you should publicly shame them. I think you should do a passive aggressive neighbor note. <laughs> like, you know how you, like, if you live in a loft building or something, you're like, um, can you not? Like, what, some like blonde lady is always leaving a note. You should leave one of those and be like, I see you. We know all about your, you know, hard draw, candies. Draw a picture of a video camera and be like you're being watched well there might be the whoever dropped that condiment packet it's like a ketchup package i won't touch it but like that person knows who he or she is and they're just like i can't now i can't it's there forever one of the things i wanted to ask you about is um that you seem to get to meet a lot of celebrities so i do a show now this was not like my real life but um I do a show called Back to Back Chef on our YouTube channel. So on YouTube, Bon Appetit has a channel. And I have a series called Back to Back Chef. And the premise is, um, it's like me and someone else famous, right? I stay the same, but they keep finding famous people. <laughs> and I have to talk them through recipe, but we can't see each other. So we have the same setup, but we're like facing opposite directions. And um, it's nerve wracking for me because like Natalie Portman came on. And when they told me they booked her, I thought everybody was just fucking with me. <laughs> They were like, Natalie Portman's coming in. I was like, oh, really fucking funny. Like, why would you even say that? We're like, Natalie Portman's coming in. A-list Natalie Portman. And so I do get this like hour where I cook with people. And it's the most fun when the the lower the skill, the higher the fun, (laughs) basically. Um. So they th- that was the next thing I was going to ask you. Like, they do they just cast it? They don't care if the person cooks or not. They're just like... It's better if they don't. <laughs> and we've done... We did one with... Um, this is like a, a big blooper. Yeah, kind of because... Well, I just... We just published one. We published one recently with Shangela, who's a drag queen who was on... That is the best drag name I've ever heard. She was the greatest. I was in the worst mood when the day we were filming and it was an afternoon shoot and I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this because I want to kill like seven people. And she came in and was like the most fun person I had ever um pretty much ever met. But she the first thing she said when we turned around, we like did the intro and then we had, were all set up to make um to like make churros churros um which is deep fried dough and she turned around and looked and i was like okay the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna start making the batter in the pan and she was like okay what's a pan and i was like oh she's like i'll buy it yeah she was like cool what's a pan what's a pan and i was like (laughs) oh it's gonna be like that then so she's not she does she orders out 
I she's guess. Not good. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm Googling her. First of all, she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's a DJ, too. I've seen her. I've seen this person. What's she famous for? Oh, Drag Race. Yeah. Okay. Good but she, her. like, travels the world, you know. Oh, she's a hot guy, too, when she's dressed as a guy. <laughs> she oh was super God, fun. And then she? she made the thing. So we, like, do, you know, they walk in kind of what's a pan and then half an hour later, she's like, I made donuts from scratch. Were they good? Yeah, oh. they were. They were really good. God bless. I know. It's pretty fun. Mazel tov, Shangela. <laughs> See, <laughs> she you, did the, it. You, 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 you let Carla suck you into her little web and you come out a winner. I just like it at the end when people are like, I really didn't think I was going to be able to do that. <laughs> and then we did it. And I'm like, yes, that is what all recipes are for. Well, you know, I, I try to... Um, you know, I'm really into cooking and I I fancy myself good enough to post it on Instagram, you know? I mean, yeah. I try to spare people, but if Instagram it's really story or flat and stuff. I'll do a story because okay. flat is a huge ask. Yeah. And, you know, no and it's <laughs> It has to be a fucking masterpiece for me to post anything on there or I mean, that's how, but that's but, how like flat Insta is now. It's just like, wow, it's really, it's like a big deal. It. Yeah. She means it. There's, yeah, it's, it's reserved for life moments now. But stories is like a garbage throwaway where, and also I try not to abuse the stories where I drag people through. But I have to say, like, I only follow my friends on there. I kind of unfollowed most brands. Mm. Um, but Hard I Hard to do, distinguish between the two some days. <laughs> I know. There's some, some of my friends are monsters. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know you were whack until you were got on Instagram and you absolutely abused your privilege and you are uh, trying to, you're asking so much from us. But <laughs> you I, can just, you know, like exit. If, you're, if your story looks like little, if right. the bars look the like tiny little ants, dots, I'm like, kill know. yourself. <laughs> Nobody wants this. And also, like, what do you think? I don't have a life. I mean, I don't. I live on Instagram, but like. Give me some credit, like have some respect for other people. Like we are not all here for you. Um, but it's funny because, and you know, people really embarrass themselves with the incessant selfies and all that stuff. Um, but the point is when it comes to food, yeah. like I do follow chefs that I don't know and restaurants in the New York Times and Bon Appetit and you, and you're one of my favorite um Instagram, you know, accounts to look at because you don't abuse the platform. Thank you. You, when you do do a recipe, you get right to the juice. You don't <laughs> use the full thirty seconds for every story. Like, kill me. Right. You know, you're just like, drop it in, drop it in, drop it in. The other thing I love is you have an outdoor. Um, oh my god, do I sound like a fucking psycho fan? Well, I am. I want to know what other. Re- I want to know where you're c- cooking your recipes from. Um, like, what's a good? Wait, wait, wait. But okay, I, I'll get to that. Um, but I always pick really hard cookbooks that I have no business looking at. But I um, love your outdoor stove, and it's actually whenever you put the cast iron in the outdoor yeah. stove, it's like I'm adding a brick to my personal dream stuff. Yes. Like every time a piece of chicken comes out of that thing or a pizza, I'm like, I have to have that. It's, um, so we have this little 13 foot wide backyard in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Mm. And there used to be a giant pine tree. mm. Mm, Yeah. There used to be a giant, which is not wide. I'm mentioning that because this is like, you know, you know, just, not that wide, but it's there and it's awesome. And there used to be a giant pine tree in the backyard. So the people who lived there before us had like a tiny tabletop Christmas tree that they planted and it became this massive pine tree. (laughs) 
So I Aww. never really liked it, but it was like Arborside's terrible. So it was there forever until it died. Then it died like naturally. What came a to the- blessing. <laughs> and then it was my husband's idea. He was like, what if? Because we had to cut it down at that point. It was just like the right thing to do. He's like, what if we put a wood-burning stove in the backyard? And I was like, um... I'm down. Oh, that guy was meant to marry you. I know. And then after we, like, then we did it and it was incredible and, like, got a bricklayer dude. And we had a, fr- you only get these ideas because we have a friend also in Brooklyn, like, a few blocks away. And he had ones. We, like, went, looked at that and then to the thing and figured it out and what height. I'm not that tall. So, like, the perfect height for me. And then the first time we cooked in it, I turned around. He's sitting there eating all this stuff out of the oven. And I was like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I have, I married a huge perk. And I'm going to maximize. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting every dollar's worth out of this house. <laughs> he was like, that worked out. Um, but I love cooking in it like more than anything. With, and when we built it's that. It's exciting. It's fun to yeah. watch. I mean, well, just it's like fire. live fire is different than an oven. You know, you think you know how to cook or like you're me. And I'm like, I, c- I know my way around a stove. And then you do that. And it's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. This it's is always- um, just a g- complete giant new learning curve. You know, Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, what is it? The. Top Chef, mm-hmm. they, um, or is it Chopped? <gasps> chopped. Whenever they do those outdoor. Never watch the show. Oh, really? I've seen it in silence with um, <laughs> really weird subtitles sometimes at the gym oh on the God. thing of a jobber. Is that scandalous that you're like the food director of, of a food magazine? It's probably. You re- haven't watched this, the, either of these two massive competition shows? It's probably um, inappropriate. Yeah. But oh. I don't have cable. I only have iTunes. Oh. And like, then you have to Available like... Available on iTunes. I know, but am I going to pay $1.99 for a 22-minute reality <laughs> competition cooking show? I don't know. It's never... I think you could get sucked in, but... well, okay. I've watched Top Chef. Top Chef. Okay, but when they do those outdoor... Yeah, competitions. Outdoor ones, everyone's always sweating. It's miserable. But those yeah. are the hardest ones where I'm like, oh man, here we go. Yeah. Like, like they have these gorgeous chefs that like can cook anything and they get there and they're like, I... I'm useless. They're like, ooh, the grilling and, challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's really unhappy. Those are, it's really good to The only know. downside is it's it's almost too hot in New York to cook in it in the summer. Oh. Like it throws off so much heat. So the fall mm. I've we've done New Year's Eve out there. We have like a um we have a party that we like to throw right around daylight savings time, which is really daylight endings time um, where we light the fire and invite a bunch of people over and just celebrate, celebrate the light, you know? Wow. Just light the fire. Cool. Yeah. So winter, fall, winter, spring. (laughs) I can never move. You know, I bought a wood grill, like a vintage wood grill from an actual meat chef who works at Bestia in LA. Oh, cool. Great restaurant. I used it once. And I didn't use it. My friend Brian, who cooks meat, came over and used it. It's been just rusting. I know. It's so, it's just get it shame. hot enough and it'll just burn all the rust off. But I, you know, I want to cook, but I don't want to set it up or clean it up. So basically, if I want to use it, I have to call a task rabbit. Right. Which would be fine. You could do that. Yeah. Is it charcoal? It's wood. You I mean, actually I cook with wood. Okay. Yeah. I could Great. Do, it's a wood burning. It's a wood grill. Cool. It's really cool. It's beautiful. But it's probably going to like snap from rust because <laughs> I really haven't used it. It just collects leaves and slugs and stuff. It's awful. Um, okay. So the reason that I – the whole reason that I uh, 
had the idea to come and interview you is because um, of Pharrell Williams. So let me just tell the people where this started. Basically, I used to work for Pharrell for like five years or a little over five years. And he was like in France or England. He was doing something. And he just like, he went on this rant where he was just like, fuck raisins. (laughs) And I was like, or he showed his friend like backing him up to being like, fuck raisins. And I like wrote and I DM'd him and I was like, fuck a damn raisin. Yeah. And he was like, forever. <laughs> wow. And with this, so it started on my Instagram stories. And I was like, you know what? Actually, like, I'm going in. And so I kind of, I reposted like our, our stupid conversation that literally just said like, fuck raisins. Yes, fuck them. No, totally fuck them. Like, it forever. was the dumbest thing. And I got, I mean, hundreds. People were like, you're crazy. Raisins are the most delicious thing in the world. What about raisin cinnamon toast? And I'm like, okay, fine. That's good. But like, you're really, you're playing with fire right now. Raisins, highly controversial. I feel like that's why I wanted to talk. So let me tell what, let me tell what, what happened. Yeah. How Carla came into this. So, and then other people were like, Raisins are disgusting, and, you know, I was like, they're tiny landmines. Like, let me just have my <laughs> carrot cake. I don't want to go through this treacherous fucking, you know. There's war- no safe bite. It's like grit and a clam. <laughs> Once you've had one, you just don't, it's like, no, they're, none of them are safe. <laughs> and you have to concentrate. Right. Like, let me just, I mean, that's that's my problem with, again, we will discuss the Great British Bake Off, but they always have to put some shit in their baked goods it's like why don't you just let somebody take like a nice innocent bite why does it have to be a challenge right i don't want to think about this cake you know so carla carla gets in there and she's just like raisins are raisins are tearing our country apart (laughs) one of the most divisive foods okay so talk to me about this it's just one of those foods from working being around food people for so many years developing recipes, thinking about what ingredients are going to go in, thinking about what belongs there, what has a reason to exist. You know what I mean? And raisins are one of those things that will split a table in half. <laughs> Literally. And especially a raisin, which is, to your point, in a place where you don't have any business for a raisin to be. Do you know people, what I mean? People abuse raisins. Right. Like a raisin in a lamb stew could just just be just a shocking like finding you know what I mean yeah it's like finding a roach in your <laughs> see personally I don't I don't mind raisins I would be totally 100% as a, as honest a flavor profile well, cooked into I'll, a recipe I mean you need to no let me down gently right now as a like food is a subjective thing right mm-hmm. food flavor pleasure like these are things that like I we might not like the same things that's it's incredibly personal I'm putting it literally inside of my own body right so I don't have a really big prop like raisin in an oatmeal cookie I totally expect that appropriate you know what I mean like at least 50% of the time it's going to be there I know it's coming but put a raisin you can get yourself in that mental space you're like I'm about to eat an oatmeal cookie I'm making a choice yeah that's right I am going into like a raisin territory but if you put a raisin in a chocolate chip cookie like absolutely not there's no time that that would be kill yourself (laughs) there's no time that that's okay and then I have a I have a girlfriend who feels very strongly about this, and sh- the way that she puts it is that um, there is literally nothing worse than a surprise raisin. I, that exact sentence is coming out of my mouth. 
Which is like, again, in a savory preparation that is familiar, for example, a meatball. Sometimes meatballs (laughs) have raisins in them. And if you are not okay with that, it is really not okay. Okay, I just found out about raisins and meatballs because my friend Alex Yenny, who terrorizes me. With raisins? um, No, and just in general (laughs) on life, like any... Any he terrorizes me on Instagram. It's like his part time job. Got it. Um, but he was like, I just made it. He's like, I just made a delicious Italian meatball with first of all golden raisins, which are albino cockroaches, <laughs> and he's like, and it had a little mint in it too. Oh, and I was like, okay, I'm not trying to get experimental with my delicious meatballs, right? Like, what the fuck are you talking? So about that's right weird. Now? And he was like, it was so good, and I it's it really sat with me because the very last place on earth that I would expect to find a raisin yeah. would be inside of a meatball. Right. They sometimes are in empanadas too. Yeah, but I don't eat I don't eat empanadas. You don't eat an empanada. How do you feel about a currant? Do you have like a, is it an all dried fruit version? No, no, I love black I love like a dried cherry. I love sour cherries. I love dry you know I, 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 this is a big question during um oh by the way if you guys want to see Raisin Wars, it's in my stories. I'm never taking it down. So you can get some contacts. You can see. And by the way, Pharrell followed up with me. Yeah. Like a couple months later. Like yeah. I got a DM at like midnight. Yeah. I mean, he was probably in somewhere where it was 8 a.m. because he was on tour. But he was like, still fuck raisins. Still not like, okay. Still. Um, and they're it, still not okay. No. And it, it was really comforting. And I will accept a raisin as like a flavor profile in like a breakfast good. Again, if I'm mentally expecting it, it's not too crazy. Yeah. Raisin bran, bring them on. Great. Right. But like, I don't want them in my, you know, I don't want them in my carrot cake. As I've said, I don't want them in my rice. I know that's cultural. A yep. lot of people love it. And I do think it's acceptable depending on the context. You know, I'm not trying to be a total snob, but, um, but, you know, during Raisin Wars, like, this this was a flame yeah. for, like, a good month. Like, yeah. people still were... Yeah, I don't want a raisin... Wait, but what was the original question you asked me? Uh, You're like, how currants? do you feel about currants? Okay, sorry, I got sidetracked. So th- that came up. Currants and craisins came up a lot. Craisins, I... I really have a problem with craisins. Why? I don't like... Well, the name, first of all, is horrible. So... <laughs> they could use a rebrand. Also... It's just, yeah, it's just a really annoying marketing word, the craisin. And then the craisin, I feel like, had been, was widely abused because there were, the the time that you saw craisins all the time was in salads, which is like really not okay. I can't. I don't, I don't really want any dried fruit in my salad. Disgusting. Maybe a date, but it has to be a very specific. Everything you else has to be, to be in super Israel crunchy. or somewhere where, like <laughs> Lebanon, where like where we know there's sense. a date coming and we're ready for it. <laughs> People put. First of all, craisins are. What even are they? They're just they're dried cranberries they're dried that are cranberries, also right? cut into tiny little pieces. Yeah, people really go nuts. They have on a lot of sugar. Salad. I honestly feel like. They're the whitest thing that we've ever done. <laughs> Every time I hear the word craisin, I just think crazy. Yeah. They're crazy. And, and in a wacky. Yeah. In like, you're craisin. That's like they're, right. They're wacky. It's a wacky food. It's like craven and crazy <laughs> together is craisins. <laughs> totally. It's inappropriate. I don't like it. There was also a time recently where they tried to rebrand. Like fetch too. <laughs> like so what? Fetch. Like it's like, stop trying to make this a right. thing. It's not. Well, that was so... I, a couple of years ago, Sunsweet set out on a big campaign to rebrand 
prunes. What are prunes? Dried plums. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, everyone was trying to like tell me that a prune was a dried plum and that that was somehow going to make it like, oh, now I like them. But the whole time it was like, it's still a prune. It's always been a prune. Like that is what a prune is. And just also embrace the fact that you love a delicious, timeless classic that your grandmother eats so that she can poop. Right. There's no shame in that. But I don't want an Armagnac like soaked prune or an or dried plum whatever you want to call it i don't okay, ever Armagnac i don't ever want prune that is on some sort of like bourgeoisie level i yes. don't even know what that is it's a super old school like frenchy like you would have that for dessert on you know with a dollop of creme fraiche i don't want that ever also prunes are way too much in they're always going to be in like a like a fruit bread you know is that what that's called fruit bread i don't know are they okay well this is actually this brings me to the great british bake-off okay great yeah they love a fruit bread they do they they pretty much and by the way the erasure of mary berry from that show yeah see i haven't watched since that went down so hard yeah like he knows it is i don't understand why they did it um she contract dispute really i think so I think that they... That they, bad bitch. Go yeah. get your money, Mary Berry. <laughs> they changed um, networks. Oh, my God. Well, the other network is wrong. They right. should have just given her the money because it's one of the most popular shows. Um, you know, I don't have anything against the new hosts and stuff, but the way it was was just so perfect. Yeah. Everybody gelled. It yeah. was a vibe. It's a little forced now. Um you know, the casting is still great. I love all, every single person who gets on that show is like a school teacher from Surrey. Totally. Or an, or like a carpenter with like really low self-esteem. <laughs> like everyone. And like, and like a really, really intense hobby. Yes. Oh my God. So many hobbyists. But they're so sweet. And the joy of that show is... That the, it's a competition show where everyone's constantly apologizing to each other and helping. Their, helping each other. Helping each other. Like, we don't like, do oh. it like that in America. Did you watch Making It? No. With Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman? I didn't. It is the spirit, but crafts, but they replicate like everything. They're in the middle of the country. They're in a big barn. All the people are so nice. You <laughs> cry in every episode. They help each other. There's corny jokes. If you you would, you, I mean, and I love Nick Offerman like a lot. I already feel comforted just by your show yeah. description. Because well, in America, the way we do competition shows is like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to yeah, win. No, like they will kill your family. Like if you <laughs> are in the top three, like you wish cancer upon your, yeah. you know, yeah. your opponents. And that's what's such, such so lovely about the Great British British Baking Show is they're all so nice and they all think they're going to lose constantly. And they're all like I've never seen people be more apologetic for who they are right. than on the show. And they're just like the sweetest things. And, you know, and then Paul Hollywood is like the bad boy. And um, I am really into his cuts. When he does a cut, it's so confident i'm like mm, Paul, and i love his handshake they're both just he has a really clean yeah. move yeah like he's got this nice stance but mary berry was a huge loss um the only good thing that came out of her leaving in my opinion is that she always made everybody basically make some variation of a fruitcake totally <laughs> all the time right too many fruits in she, those desserts she's like 
still cooking for the royals. Yeah. And it's like there's t- everything had like a dried candy or fruit in it. It's just disgusting. Okay, so how do you feel about it when chocolate and fruit get together? I'm anti. Right. Like a chocolate covered cherry or chocolate dipped strawberry. Right. I hate chocolate dipped strawberries I don't, with or, all my he- with all my heart and I hate white <laughs> chocolate too. I think that it's It's, it's not disgusting. even chocolate. Thank you. Frankly. I'm actually my I'm dating someone who loves white chocolate M&Ms, which is such a red flag. What? I didn't know that existed. I didn't either. Isn't that disgusting? It's not right. Why do they even make them? Who's Who's buying these? That so in I'll tell you a secret, which is that there is someone in the test kitchen, one of the food editors who does not like chocolate, but she likes white chocolate. I just gave it away. It's one of the females, but she likes white chocolate. And we're all like, you guys trust her. I don't know if I do. I mean, I thought I did. And then I found that out and I was like, but you know, there's no cocoa in white chocolate, which is what chocolate is. White so chocolate white chocolate is, chocolate is wax, it's right? cocoa. It's, it's cocoa butter and sugar. That's for your skin. Yeah, exactly. So she has a dead body buried under her bed for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not, it's you guys, weird. You guys have to, you're going to have to talk to HR about this. Well, so I had a food aversion that I had to Millions get over. Millions of people read your magazine. <laughs> and so it's, well, so she told this funny story recently because the first recipe that I assigned to her to develop was um, a dairy-free chocolate mousse that was for healthy-ish. And she, it was like the first assignment. So she couldn't be like, oh, I don't think I'm the best person for that. It was like, I'm, you know, here I go. Like I'm on the road now, like it's happening. And she was like, yep, great. Got it. Totally. Yeah. Lock it down. It's going to be amazing. And it was so hard for her and she never let on because she couldn't be like, um, so just one thing that maybe we should have talked about when I was interviewing, I don't like chocolate. I mean, you know what? First of all, I respect her hustle and it yes. makes me trust her a little more. And the more dessert again. is like, incredible. But yeah, but, but she I was mean, like, I wouldn't she's touch so that. Smart. Like if you're in that job interview, you're not going to be like, by the way, I hate mm. the most popular food in the world. It's going to come up a lot. Yeah. So it's literally going to make my job impossible <laughs> and it's going to hurt my team. But everybody has the th- their thing. Yeah. I had a dill thing. I couldn't eat dill. If you put dill in my chicken noodle soup, I would just be like, well, you ruined it. So, so I can't white. have any. Um, no, I'm Italian okay. New- and from New York. So basically, yes, I'm yeah, Jewish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, totally. I was going to say, you know, I just went. Have you been to Friedman's in L.A.? Uh, no, not yet. I haven't been there yet. They were on our hot 10 list, though. Oh. A lot of dill. Is there dill everywhere? Okay. So you know how like New York Jewish deli food is? Yeah. The best. It's the pride of the city. Sure. It's it's everyone's food. Yeah. It's the only thing that the Jews have because we are not good cooks. We certainly, if you've ever been to, into a Judaica store or gone into a Jewish <laughs> person's home, everything is brown brass and tur- like blue it's hideous like we, okay. our temples are ugly we have nothing but we have pastrami we have schmear we have you know great culture sours. yes yeah and then we have like the warmest funniest you know right most amazing culture of anyone yep. in america plus we all have ass the jews have ass but um great hair texture thank you uh-huh um yeah, we're funny. We funny. write everything you see on TV. That's right. We fight for civil rights. There's a lot of good things that the Jews have. But when it comes to food... I married a Jew. Fernando's Jewish. Oh, yeah, the music. Yeah. What a great family. Good family. Mom converted. 
but they still always, you know, he grew up with Christmas tree. Oh, and that makes sense because she looks like she's in the band she's, ABBA. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's Swedish from Minnesota. Oh my god, yeah. The, you know, they're they're all amazing cooks, though. Like, oh yeah, your sister in law, Lady, yeah. who's a friend of mine, just for people that are listening. Um, this is an amazing family, and um, and their dad created. He was the voice of Garfield. Voice of Garfield, yes. people, iconic. And he worked on Rhoda. Oh right? yeah. Smothers Brothers. They're, and of course, so they're all funny and smart and cool and everything. And but Just some more great Jews. Just thought we'd mention Jews. a few. And I actually, um, and, uh, I actually went over to Roz, Roz's house for one of their Passovers one year. Always epic. The best food. Yeah. And they really like elevated the Jewish food. So there was no gefilte fish there, which I have a problem with. But Same. I feel like if there was gefilte fish, they would have made it taste good you know what i mean like the, mm, i don't that's where i i don't draw the line well it's no i don't i it's an acquired taste like i said some people love it good for them right it's so visibly disgusting <laughs> i don't know how you can get past the it. gel the whole thing it's yeah, really bad if you want a, something that needs to be rebranded it's not prunes it's right. the filter fish yeah it needs a makeover it's, it's like ludovisk in the in the north the nordic um countries which is like um fermented basically spoiled um cod that you bury you yeah. know underground and like but let it's it, delicious and it's a delicacy um yeah delicious it is not but oh. it is an equi- but again like generations of you know people have enjoyed the filter fish not on my list yeah, I feel you. But I hear what you're saying. What a weird food that comes from like increment weather and, you know, and also being poor and like, needing to preserve. Yeah, preserving. Yeah, they're food. like we're using all of it. And yeah. it's like, well, all of it. Yep. All of it. Yeah. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. Like they, they they're such it? good um, cooks that they could make something they elevated traditionally Jewish disgusting so, good, which yes. is a really nice compliment. I, <laughs> that's thank you that's what I meant and and so okay so when I come to New York you know my dad was raised on deli food and every time we come back my family's from New York you know he'd take us to delis and we'd get the best deli food and when he comes and visits me in LA we go to Langer's and sort of the he doesn't Cantor's is like below him right because also the food is disgusting but we'll go to Greenblatt's we'll go to Langer's he orders this like it, it would gross out most people but he loves to put like a chicken liver and coleslaw on his pastrami sandwiches and you know and it's not for everyone, but it, we love it. Right. Anyways, um, there's this new restaurant, Friedman's, and I've given it three shots now. And I have to tell you, it is disgusting. Wow. And it is anti-Semitic. Oh, that's intense. Not intentionally. How? What it, is an example so, of anti-Semitic Jewish food? It's at self-hating. A Jewish- it's not anti-Semitic. It's self-hating Jewish food. The people that own it are Jewish. They have great um, photos on the wall. You go in there, they're playing a Wu-Tang album. You go in there, they're playing RZA. Very, very Jewish, by the way. And, you know, it's supposed to be this, like, Brooklyn deli feel or, right. you know, diner feel or whatever. Um, they, it's almost like they took the food. Yeah. They took Jewish a Jewish deli. Yeah. And they gave it to the staff at Goop. And they were like, Gwyneth Paltrow. Make this into Jewish food and serve it back to us. And she doesn't know what she's doing. That's like the so, meanest thing anyone ever said. But, it, you know, you said dill and it <laughs> triggers me because these people abuse dill. 
And there is, like, an aggressive amount of, like, dill that's, like, gets really white. You know what I mean? Like, where it gets out of the Jewish territory and into some <laughs> other place. Shit. And that is what this restaurant is like. They give – so they they the one thing I love is they have potato latkes, but they're basically – they put it in a waffle machine. Right. They take mashed potatoes, put right. it in a waffle and machine, and give it to you. They look like Belgian waffles, but they're made out of shredded potato. Yeah. Right. But they're mashed potatoes. They're not shredded oh. like latkes. Oh. I think. I think. When I saw those, I was like, what is this waspy? What is happening? Like, yeah, we need to like, and then the bagels are bad. The bagels taste like what the original bagel But all bagels like. in LA are bad. I've oh. never had a good bagel in LA in my really? life. Jelena, Justa, Justa has Yeah, but that's bagels. not a bagel. That's like a very good version of a bagel, but it's not a bagel. Do you know what I mean? It's like cake. Bagel. It's like an artisanal. Artisanal bagels aren't bagels. Mm. Like a bagel should just be a good. They are be- soft. They are? The, 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 the juice to bagels are soft. So you're right. Like re- real bagels are a little. I just don't think eat. you go. That's it's like a. It's like they make a great English muffin, too, but it's not an English muffin. It's like a juiced version of an English mm-hmm. muffin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and it's like it eight. offends me somehow. It's so expensive. <laughs> it's like an eight dollar bagel, one bagel. Yeah, with, that's before the butter. <laughs> right. I mean, I I was living out in Venice for a while, and I spend every weekend there, and I have easily spent like sixty dollars on like a like fifty dollars on like right. a weekday breakfast. Sure, there. like a casual drop in. I'm going to get a little something. Yeah, like, and then you're like, I spent fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. No, where I'm like, I'm actually like kind of mad about it. Like, right. I stopped going because it was. But is there like one thing that just shaves years off your life? When people stand in the door on the subway. So this is a problem for me because I take the subway to and from work every day. And that is a thing that I don't understand. And I feel like I could, if I could have a minute with every door blocker (laughs) in the world to just explain why it's so not okay, then I could maybe change this problem, but I can't. Like we're like the the train stops and they're standing in front of the door and they won't move like they won't hop out. Yeah, door like, opens and they're in. just like, "Yep, you guys all could be going three abreast, but you're going into a single <laughs> file because we just really want to stand here in the door where where it's going to be convenient for us to just get out first, right here in the door, yeah. and like then ride the whole way with us. Like we don't have a choice about the stuff, guys. You got to move. You just have to move in. So that's a thing that I should do better about not being annoyed about because. It'll never go. Well, it's like a first thing and last thing in my day every day. Yeah. You know, so that's not doing it's not doing me any favors. But I am the person who just says behind like yells behind 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 you and just pushes into the middle (laughs) and then like does a whole like you have to stand (gasps) up for yourself. Oh, I love a passive aggressive side. (laughs) Oh, my God. On the subway. I will fucking you know what else I do? I love to flip because I have a lot of hair. I love to just (laughs) like on a guy. And another thing, you know what drives me nuts about I forget until I come back to New York. Get your dick out of my face. (laughs) What's up with these guys? You're sitting there. Here's your, you're a woman and here's your face. I don't need your dingling just dangling in front of me that close. Like, hold it back. Yeah. Maybe turn a, three quarters to the side. A little bit of give distance. Give me a 20% angle. I, give me a hip. Fine. Get your dick out of my face. I'm like, ex- either exhausted Do you know what happened hurry, to me? When I come in Do you know what talk about dick in your face? What happened to me? And I put this on my stories. Uh, 
dick pic dropped into airdrop on subway <laughs> this is a new thing that's amazing so i'm sitting there 8 45 in the morning reading my you know doing the two minute crossword or the mini crossword whatever i was doing hadn't even had all of the tea yet you know <laughs> i wasn't even properly caffeinated and it was like it was the guy's face thank god but the the it came up as an airdrop and it was like if I if I sent you a pic of my dick right now, would you accept it? And I was just like, decline. Oh. First of all, decline. But second of all, we're all right here on the train together. And then it was a thing where everyone, I told people, and they were like, oh yeah, you have to turn it to contacts only. I'm like, okay, but no, you're mis- I don't have to turn it to contacts only. That's like saying you can't wear you shouldn't wear a short skirt because like then you're going to get your ass pinched. No, you should not be airdropping but dick also, pics if you're gonna... to random strangers on the train. That's not an okay thing to be doing. No, you're a total troll pervert psychopath. But if you're going to send, if you're going to, here's what's confusing to me. You want to send a dick pic. This is your thing. This gets you off. Yeah. You think it's hilarious. Maybe you're filming the car. Maybe yeah. you're right. you know, doing your own little stories. I don't know what your yeah. motivation is. Is it polite to ask first? I know that was what Maybe he's you terrorizing women. <laughs> but you're like, have some manners. There's about now it. legislation like like- coming through the New York. <laughs> I'm not even kidding that I then read in the newspaper. I was like, oh, okay. Well, if it's happening to me, it has to be pretty widespread. That is fucking <laughs> you know? wild. Like that the makes middle me happy a- I live I'm in like, LA. Oh, thanks for... The- I feel so special as the middle-aged, like, mother of two. Thanks for including me in, like, <laughs> dick pic drops. But also you're like... You want to send me a dick pic? Yeah, exactly. I mean, at least in LA, like, you only see people it. masturbating in their windows. Gross. You know what I mean? Like on the train, I, I, uh, I have a, a famous masturbation story. I love to tell it, and um, I'll share it with all you guys now. But I was on the F train. I took a red eye yeah. from JFK, and I'm now friends with him, Gideon Yego. Do you remember him? He's like, he was like a the, took over for Kurt Loder on MTV. Oh. He's like the ho- host of MTV News. Oh, cool. Really smart. Okay. Really cute. Yes, totally. Like wore like those nice like tortoise shell glasses yep. before anyone else. He's, I had a you know like a media crush on him, and he lived in in my neighborhood, and I was in the East Village, and I was getting out of uh, the train, and I after took a red, red eye. eye, so I looked like shit. I was exhausted. I felt like shit, and I didn't sleep on the red eye, and I'm on the F train, and all of a sudden. It's like there was some sort of like, I don't know what happened, but it it felt like a terrorist attack. Like everyone was like, (laughs) women and children first, get off the train. Like everyone's like rushing. And I was like on my phone or doing something and I wasn't paying attention. And there's nobody on the train except me and this other older woman. And we kind of, the doors shut and we lock eyes and we realize why everyone got off. And we just were trapped on the F train with an insane masturbator. Oh my god! And it was so audible, like he was like, like the whatever the worst, like whatever the worst possible thing that you could hear a human being that you don't know. That was the sound that was coming out of him, and he climaxed right in front of us <gasps> and was and guess what? Made eye contact with me because I looked. I was like, "What's happening?" I looked at him right when oh I looked at god. him. I was like, I don't even want to like. It was so fucking vile i literally like couldn't have sex for like two weeks and also i get out of um i get out of the train and i'm like shaking and horrible sh- i mean i felt like i had been assaulted you were was- you totally <laughs> I mean, were i was my eyes my eyes <laughs> and um i get out of the train and i get up and it's like nine in the morning so i'm dying I mean, imagine being up all night at like, nine in the morning and i've been up the morning. whole day before Hello. going to work or whatever 
Gideon, yeah, I go, fresh faced out of the shower with this adorable dog and a cup of coffee, walks by me and goes, oh, hey, how are you? And I'm like, you're like, I'm filthy right now. Thanks. I was like, I just got raped. But I mean, I didn't say that, but I was just like trying to be cute and I was lugging my stupid suitcase. It was a fucking nightmare. I actually just recently told him the story at dinner. I told him and his wife. I was like, it's not okay. One of the worst moments in my life and I was like I share that with you you know and Gideon's like great right cool so it's memory. a good thing to remember <laughs> when you're like oof I've had a terrible day it's like no I want you to think about that yeah. story next time you see there's a door blocker door I'm like it could grateful. be worse he could be masturbating you should be grateful for that blocking the door and masturbating that would be too much <laughs> <laughs> that would be like um the apocalypse but the other thing that really annoys me is when you go to a restaurant and your server asks you if you're familiar with the menu why is that annoying? Because if you've ever been to a restaurant before, like you're pretty familiar with like at least the concept of the menu and that that would be where you would look to figure out what food was going to be served. Do you know what I mean? They're like, you're familiar with the menu. It's like, I'm not that familiar with this menu, but I am familiar with menus. <laughs> Do we need it? To, like if you need to explain it, then the the idea of the menu is... Um, kind of bunk right from the beginning oh like if it, there's they're gonna drop some gimmicks on you well, like if it's so complicated that i can't figure it out by reading it then maybe you need to rewrite the menu like i shouldn't need a guided tour so what's the best how could they rephrase it to an acceptable level for the food director um, of bon appetit it would be is do you have any questions right now okay and then you would say That's no because i can key. read god you i'm never going to dinner with you <laughs> They try so hard. I know, but they're someone's telling them to say that. It's you, not well, like let they me tell you something. You know where that won't happen <laughs> is Friedman's because everyone's twenty two. They won't even look at you unless you're hot. Right. Like I'm not hot enough to eat there. I went there for Hanukkah and was like, "Can I get some?" I was being held captive, which isn't cool because you are hot. With disgust. I thank you. You know what I mean. Tell so a shame on them. <laughs> Thank you. I This was really enjoyable. So fun. And now it's time for my favorite segment, Great Jewish Women. Great Jewish Women. They're really great. Yeah. Small disclaimer, I forgot to ask Carla who her most favorite Jewish women are or woman. And so she did me a favor and left me a voicemail. Hey, it's Carla. So my favorite Jewish female who I can think of right now is Rachel Maddow um, or Rachel Maddow Ma- Rachel Maddow Rachel Maddow sounds so weird um, Rachel is so smart she's so dorky she's an unapologetic nerd she's a lesbian she's wealthy she hates Donald Trump She's unapologetically biased against horrible people and people with bad politics. I respect her for that. She has had a great career. She doesn't care about fashion. She is committed to the same haircut. She um, she just seems like a really good person. And I also know a personal anecdote about her, which makes me love her more, which is that my friend... Um, my friend Roddy lived in the same apartment building as her. And one day, I think he was like locking up his bike after coming home and he caught his finger on the lock and he cut himself and ended up in that elevator with Rachel Maddow, who's 
apartment building he also lived in. And uh, during the elevator ride, he's like, oof, my thumb. And he's like bleeding. He's kind of like sucking on his finger. She's like, what happened? You cut yourself? And he's like, yeah. She's like, got a band-aid in your apartment? And he's like, I don't think I do. She's like, come with me. So from one queeny, lefty, lesbian legend to like a giant bear of a guy took him into her apartment, helped him over the band-aid, sent him on his way. So also a good Samaritan and uh, just really brilliant. I really appreciate her. She makes me feel better about the world. Um, I'm also pretty sure she's a Jew. So thanks for asking. Okay, one more disclaimer. Rachel Maddow was born Jewish on her mother's side, but she was actually raised in a super Catholic home, according to Rachel Maddow. So Jews think she's Jewish by our Jewish law. It goes through the mother. Catholics think she's Catholic. But that's the good thing about America is that you can be whoever you want to be. She's Jewish. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And um, you're welcome, and I hope you come back, and we'll have to follow up on yeah. some of these controversial, controversial foods. Anytime. Aviva, it's your Uncle Mari. We got disconnected. I guess I'll hear from you in a couple of years. Hey, bye-bye.